Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. And my next guest knows a lot about paying it forward. I want to make sure that everyone knows is we are just giving tons of things away during the two hours that I am on air today. And please make sure you have our toll-free number because we are going to be doing this every day. Uh, It is 1-800-930-2819. 1-800-930-2819. And so far, we have, for one of you out there, a deck of the uh, Harmony cards by Heidi Bear and Zoe Wheel. Did I get that right? Zoe Weil. Zoe Weil is joining me here today. I, you know, I've been practicing it so incorrectly, and now I have to retrain myself. <laughs> uh, she's joining us here today, co-founder and president of the Institute for Humane Education. We've got three books to give away. And so we're going to make this easy on you, easy on Benny. Uh, and so we're going to take the first four people, a first person for the prosperity cards, and then copies of the books, which you'll hear about in a moment. And so we're here with Zoe. We're talking about what she has launched, the IHE, how it creates a world in which we all live humanely, sustainably, and peaceably. Oh, my gosh. Is that, what is that? Is that paradise? What is that? (laughs) You know, is it something that we we have to go to Hollywood to see? Uh, You know, so, I mean, this is a huge huge undertaking on your part and uh, and yet it is not only essential and needed but it's because of people like you that we get to play in a bigger better world and so thank you for joining us here today i want to take a moment and let's talk about the books the especially you know the books that we are going to be giving away today on the show sure thank you so would you like me to start with um, one, the first one that I wrote there? I think, I think I would like you to start with the first one because I have a couple of questions. You know, sure. it's always fun for me to see how people kind of change and evolve. It's even more fun when I watch myself. Yep. So I want to ask you, as you went through sort of your own personal evolution, I, I also want to know, as you wrote each of these books, what changed in you? Well, wow, that's a good question. Well, the first of the books that you have that I wrote is Above All, Be Kind, and it's about raising a humane child. And I've been a humane educator for many years, over 20 years, and what that means is that I've been teaching young people and adults as well about how we can live compassionately and sustainably and peaceably on this planet. And then I had a child of my own, and I realized that even though I had focused for many, many years on training teachers to bring these lessons and bring these values to their classrooms, we were never going to succeed in creating a humane world unless parents were on board. And we live in such challenging times for raising humane children. So I wrote that book as a parent for other parents so that they could apply all of the things that I learned as a humane educator in the raising of their children. And I think that the thing that I learned most from writing that book was how humbling the process was. In a way, it felt felt crazy for me to be writing a parenting book about raising a humane child. When I, at the time when I started the book, my son was only nine years old. He's now about to turn 15. But um, I really felt like I was, this was a lot of hubris on my part. And so all I could hope to do 
was let go of um, let go of of the outcome and just focus on everything that I knew in my heart worked as a humane educator and offered to parents and hope that they would then learn from it and expand upon it and do a better job than I ever could. What a huge contribution that is. I mean, what do you think is happening right now in terms of, first of all, our own, what do I want to call it? Our own gumption, our own gumption to do more. And, you know, and how does this fit into the bigger picture of helping, uh, you know, people across the globe? That's a great question. You know, it's such a great word, too, the word gumption. I love it. I do, too. And I've been accused of having a fair amount of it myself. That it, And you know what? It reminds me a little bit about of Barack Obama's book, The Audacity of Hope. And, mm. you know, he chose that word audacity, and he'd heard it, um, he'd heard it elsewhere, but he used that phrase, the audacity of hope, and it's similar to gumption. And that if all of us just had a little audacity to try and make this world better, we would make this world better. And I think that the thing that holds most of us back is not that, is not that we wouldn't ideally like to live in a better world, but that it's so easy to be apathetic. It's so easy not to have gumption. It's so easy not to take the step to make a difference. And yet, when we do take that step to make a difference, it fills our own lives with joy and with satisfaction and with a sense of accomplishment. And if we thought about it in those terms, that we're doing this not only to make the world better, but actually to make our own lives better. Everything cascades from that in a positive way. You know, I love the term cascades. I mean, you know, what do we say to folks? And this is a really, this has been an important question to our listeners. I want to mention to everyone, we're giving away copies of these fabulous books. Uh, I want everybody to know about. Uh, Above all, be kind. Above all, be kind. This is a very powerful book. And also the power and promise of humane education. When I picked up this book, uh, Zoe, I want to ask you, uh, this is my question, raising a humane child in challenging times. Challenging is an understatement. I want to ask you, in what you're writing and what you're doing, how do we deal, adjust, manage, or empower in a time where f- some people believe, there are psychologists that believe, we have just raised a generation of the most fearful young people Ever in our history. I don't know if I believe that, but I wanted to get your take on it. Um, I don't know if I believe that either, because maybe it's because of the work I do, but when I speak to young people, I, and this is a big challenge as a humane educator, I need to impart the problems of our time, or what I like to call challenges, because I like to see them as, as challenges that we can rise to solve, as opposed to um, despairing, hopeless problem. Um, but my experience with young people is that if you offer them the challenges and you offer them visions of solutions and you empower them to make a difference, they are enthusiastic. They are enthusiastic about being citizens of this earth. 
I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, I, you know, what we are talking about is moving beyond the limitation of, you know, consciousness that doesn't support the greater dream. It doesn't support definitely what you've written and, you know, you know, creating something that honors the dignity of the human spirit. And, you know, part of this is looking at how each of us is called to take the next step. You know, recently, though, I have been so, um, what is the word? I, I think I've been so enamored. That's the word. You know, with this idea of paying attention to what we're being called to do. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it is the strangest thing at some level, you know, being called to do. You know, we're launching Dr. Pat's Holistic Makeover. And, you know, it's part of what I, myself, Bobby, the people on the, the team have said, you know, this is a way for us to give back to our listeners. But, you know, how can we create something that's in the spirit of the Dr. Pat show? And, you know, one of the things that we're doing is not only are we going to be, you know, helping three plus of our listeners step into the world of empowerment, but we're going to ask them to pay it forward and we're going to show them how that looks. And somebody asked me, what ever compelled you to take on a project of that size? Mm-hmm. And I, I want to ask you the same question because, you know, my answer was, it was calling to me. Our yep. listeners deserve it, and then some. Well, I can tell you that I never, I never decided one morning I was going to take on a huge project and change the world. And that, <laughs> that isn't how it happened. I, I was in graduate school. I was looking for a summer job. I had the opportunity to teach some week-long courses to some secondary school students um, who were signing up for these courses at the University of Pennsylvania. I taught one on environmental issues. I taught one on animal issues. Um, I taught one on creative writing. And what was interesting was that the issues courses were um, some of the most popular of the courses that were being offered that summer. And I taught this course for a week, and I had these students become activists literally overnight. I mean, one student learned about product testing on animals on a Wednesday afternoon, and he came back the next day, and he had made homemade leaflets the night that night after learning about this. And he stood out on the street corner in Philadelphia during our lunch break, handing out his homemade leaflets. Mm. And I realized then that I'd found my life's work. Because when young people were exposed to information, and they knew that they could do something about it, they did do something about it, and from there I ended up working for a nonprofit and starting a humane education program, and I was reaching about 10,000 students a year, and they were starting clubs, and they were doing all sorts of advocacy to make this world better, whether it was for people, whether it was for the environment, whether it was for animals, and it just cascaded from there. There's that word again, and I realized, well, there are not very many people doing this work, so I decided to train other people to do what I did. And then eventually co-founded the Institute for Humane Education and created the first Master of Education program in humane education in the United States. And that's a distance learning program. We actually have students from all over the world in that program. But it wasn't as if when I started doing this work 20 years ago, I thought, well, you know, I'm, I have this huge vision. It just evolved. And I realized that if we didn't start with young people and we didn't offer them viable ways to change this world for the better and change themselves for the better, 
that we could never succeed in solving our problems, that we must raise a generation that believes that living sustainably and peacefully is the highest good, is the highest goal. And that's what we need to make education about. And imagine if that's what education was about. If No Child Left Behind was really about raising a generation that had the tools and the motivation to live sustainably and peaceably and humanely on this earth. Imagine what would happen. I love what you just asked. I love that question. And when we return from break, we're going to talk more about that. I'm so thrilled to have Zoe Wild joining me here today. And, you know, one of the books I'm holding is Above All Be Kind. There's a great section in here that I want to talk about when we return. And it's called Let Kindness Grow. Uh, you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. And we'd love to give books away. We'd love to give you a deck of prosperity cards. A toll-free, 1-800-930-2819. Uh, just give Benny your name and information or 425-373-5527. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with the Dr. Pat Show. Regulators. You regulate any stealing of his property. We're damn good, too. But you can't be any geek off the street. Gotta be handy with the steal, if you know what I mean. Earn your keep. It was a clear black night, a clear white moon, Warmer G was on the streets, trying to consume some search for the E, so I could get some... Discover what the meaning behind sacred spiritual space is and how it can be a healing part of your garden or home environment. Mary Fonts, a registered nurse and landscape specialist, teaches about using nature, artifacts, healing energy, and angel readings to create sacred space. A spiritual garden offers methodologies that bring peace and healing to your special place. Call 508-339-5444 and visit aspiritualgarden.com. That's aspiritualgarden.com. I'm Dr. Pat Basile, the host of The Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Let me help you take your empowering message to a community of people looking for products and services that value all life on earth and tap into the one true freedom we have, the freedom to choose. Let our listeners choose you. Join the buzz and be the buzz. Sponsor The Dr. Pat Show. Call me at 206-523-5522. That's 206-523-5522. Are you starting a new business, signing a contract, or launching a new website or business product? Certified business and personal astrologer Madeline Gerwig uses good timing to give you the ideal time to start your new business venture. Visit PolarisBusinessGuides.com or call 877-524-8300. Attain higher business success and better return on resources with good timing. Visit PolarisBusinessGuides.com. Music, the stuff of creation. What a powerful tool for healing, inspiring, and connecting us to source. And to each other. We'll talk about it. We'll play it. We'll have a lively discussion with guests who are doing it. So join us Monday and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Saturday mornings at 11. Tune in to Living Music Radio on KKNW 1150 AM or livingmusicradio.com. 
Would you like to receive a weekly email telling you about personal growth events and resources in the Puget Sound region? This service is now available complements of New Spirit Journal, the locally owned and operated newspaper that brings you a wealth of inspirational information every month. Go to NewSpiritJournal.com and click on Earl. That's events and resource listings, but you can call it Earl. New Spirit Journal has been providing inspirational news and information for almost three years. Visit NewSpiritJournal.com. Today's nutrition tip is about oats. Instant oats are thin, which make them easy to cook, but they're often loaded with salts and caloric sweeteners. Groats are whole oats with the outer hull removed. They're loaded with nutrition, but require soaking and long cooking. Rolled oats are groats that are steamed, rolled, and flaked, so they cook quicker. And steel-cut oats are groats that are chopped into little pieces. I'm Karen Bentley, creator of the Sugar-Free Miracle Diet at www.sugarfreemiracle.com. No shirt, no shoes, no problem. Come as you are. Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show Talk Radio to Thrive by. We're giving away copies of the book. We're giving away prosperity cards. We have launched, again, the Dr. Pat's Gift Today program. You're going to read about it in our newsletter. We're thrilled to announce the first winner of Dr. Pat's iPod giveaway it's just another way we're giving back to our listeners because you have been instrumental in supporting us my guest today also knows a lot about giving back i'm thrilled to have zoe wild joining us here today we're talking about kindness and much more zoe thank you for joining us let's let's talk about kindness and what you what you are all about in terms of enacting kindness across the globe and then let's make sure folks have your website Great. Um, well, I titled my book Above All Be Kind because to me, kindness is the core value that if we bring to our lives and to the world, will change the world. And when I say kindness, I don't mean being nice. Sometimes kindness can be um, real honesty and can be challenging. But to be kind to me means to do the most good and the least harm in all situations. And Actually, most good, least harm is the title of my next book. Which, I'm, um, which is going to be out in January. And that, to me, is the core value, kindness. And the way we enact it is by, in all of our choices and all of our behaviors and all of the, the decisions we make in our lives, that we try to do the most good and the least harm. I actually call that MOGO for short. And I teach young people about the MOGO principle, which is just doing the most good and the least harm in all your choices. And the way that we do that is by having information so that we know what the most good, least harmful choice is. And then by, by cultivating our reverence and respect and sense of responsibility, and then by cultivating and practicing positive choice making in the world. And that's what humane education is all about. And I've written other books about this as well. The Power and Promise of Humane Education, which you mentioned earlier and which you have as a giveaway too, I wrote for teachers so and educators so that they can bring these ideas to their students. And the reason I say teachers and educators is there I mean classroom teachers and I also mean anybody who's educating in in any uh, in any different so the environment could be um, a, a regular classroom or it could be a religious center, it could be um, an after school program, it could be an library. 
it could be in many different forms. And so Power and Promise of Humane Education gives educators those tools so that they can bring these ideas and concepts and activities to young people. And then lastly, I have another book that I wrote, which you also have, called Claude and Medea. And that's the first in a children's series for 8- to 12-year-olds. And it's about kids who are inspired by a very eccentric substitute teacher at their school to become clandestine activists in New York City. And so each book is, is going to be a mystery. You have the first book. Um, I haven't written the second book yet, but I have it planned. And uh, in this first book, the children solve the mystery of a rash of Manhattan dog sap. So they have embodied the concept <laughs> of, of MOGO, of doing the most good and the least harm, and they embark on this great adventure. You know, I, I got to tell you, I get all fired. I'm a little fired up right now. And, and, you know, you must do this to a lot of people. Or you must inspire people this. Because one of the things, though, that I'm noticing about listening to what you're saying, what I'm really struck by right now in this moment, because, you know, here I've gone from a, a previous segment with a woman that, you know, is hitting the beat in Hollywood and saying, we're going to provide positive news. Now we're shifting gears a little bit, but the conversation is the same. And you know what the common thread is for me? It's this, that... If everyone listening to this show did something today, some act of kindness, it doesn't cost money. You don't have to donate to a charity, although that would be great if you could. But what would this world be like if everyone on the planet committed to doing one act of kindness, one act of, you know, what you just shared, doing the most uh, that they could? I mean, it's... what a thought I just had. You know, and I've been doing the show for a long time. <laughs> well, I couldn't agree with you more. Well said. So, you know, is this so complicated? You know, what is it that has gotten us to this place of heightened complication about how to be humane? I mean, have we been so overwhelmed by the globalness of some of the key issues on our planet what is it, in your opinion, Zoe, uh, and, and how, are, are, how is the work that you're doing help to simplify? Well, you know, I think that you put, you put your finger on it. It is actually complicated. Now, it's not complicated to be kind in a very general way, but what does kindness mean in terms of the clothes that you wear or the toothpaste you use or the foods you eat? We don't tend to think of kindness as being that global or far-reaching. And yet, if, we're, if we go to a store and we buy a shirt and it was produced in a sweatshop and there was a 14-year-old child who was working um, 18 hours a day to produce that shirt and it was produced, let's say, with conventional cotton and sprayed with pesticides that were sprayed by other children in Asia who were not wearing any protection and who were exposed to that, well, all we have done is just gone to the mall and bought a shirt. But in fact, we haven't been very kind. And so that is very complicated. But how on earth would we know? How can we, how can we actually be kind in such a global interconnected mm-hmm. world? Well, the key is to have the information and the awareness and be willing to continually cultivate more information and more awareness mm. and that's what humane education does so that a student who is exposed to humane education no longer thinks of just 
um, going to the mall and buying whatever they want or eating whatever foods they want or using whatever products they want, they think about, is it a want or is it a need? How can I mm. make the MOGO choice mm. about what product or food or clothing I'm going to get? Because the MOGO choice may be complex. And when I say MOGO, I mean what's most good and least harmful right. to myself, to other people, to other species, and to the environment. Well, that can be complicated. So I think that while we think of kindness as the most simple value, it is also complex to put it into practice in our interconnected global world. I love what you just said. And I want you to know, though, that, you know, you're on a show right now that, are t that have the most incredible listeners on the planet. Far beyond anything that I've ever discovered, uncovered, or been part of. The vibration of the folks that listen to the show are amazing. And so what we're talking about today, you can bet that our listeners have absorbed every word. Thank you for joining us here today. Let's give out that website one more time. Yes, and I thank think you I for the books. To do that. Go ahead and do it now. Okay, it's www.humaneeducation.org. And there are two E's in the middle of that. It's humaneeducation.org. And I also have a personal website. Wild.com. Well, we've got lots of the links on the Dr. Pat show. So thank you for joining us here today. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, Karen Russo, Barry Goldstein, money and music all in the same hour. You bet. Please, please.